We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming to you Friday morning. It's February 17th. The All-Star break is here. Kyle, I looked this up this morning. Uh, it's been 61 games for the Wolves thus far this season in only 121 days. Isn't that a wild number? It absolutely feels like it too, right? <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about this last night. I was just, I don't know if it's like a post-COVID thing. I don't think it is. They're just now that we cover the team a little closer. Uh, it's just crazy. You, those couple days off where they got to practice, like right. between the Mavs game and stuff, where it's like, wow, this is great. We actually got to install some new stuff and like go grab dinner together. Uh, it just doesn't happen anymore. I feel like the NBA season, they didn't add games by any means, but the season is just, I was just thinking of like a uh, Popeye skate. Like that seemed like it was seasons ago. And it was like, no, that was this season. They also had a players only meeting. They also right. were good. And then they were bad. And then they choked and they traded. It's just, Crazy. So I think everyone last night, uh, I flew in. I got in like 45 minutes before the game. So uh, I was at Target Center last night hanging out with you. And everyone there, whether it be team people, players, fan, everyone needs a break. So this All-Star break could not have come at a better time. Yeah, it it, it looked like it last night. And, you know, obviously the, the end of that game, I don't know if it's running out of gas. And I'm not making that as an excuse. Like Washington had to play the game as well. So it's... It's uh, I mean, everyone everyone's tired. I guess the Wolves were the the more tired team, and they they let this one slip away because they were leading that game. They had the lead for the first forty six minutes and forty six seconds of it. So Kyle Kuzma hits that three with a minute and fourteen seconds to go. Here, honestly, sitting there last night and being like, okay, one more podcast before the All Star break. Um, it's like this is this is gonna be a win. Anthony Edwards has eighteen points in the first quarter, like. We're moving in the the right direction. Like, let's go into the All Star break and uh, move on. But it's it's just uh, it's it's another game this season that has been a little too frequent. That I think is kind of emblematic of this season where we're at now as you enter the All Star break, which is it's undeniable that there's been flashes of this team that really impress, right? But ultimately, it's a bit underwhelming, and I, I think that's that's what that that game that game was last night. So let's talk about this, this game, the game last night, let's, but also where this team is going into the all-star break and, and kind of what we anticipate changing, what some of the players and coaches talked about 
needing for for the end. I mean, what just what just stands out to you either about that game and kind of like about that game and how it kind of encapsulates these these first sixty one. Well, for legal purposes, let's just say this right now: that was the worst loss of the season. Like, no, no optimism on that. Like, just the all you had to do was. It kind of reminds me of when. Let, that, let's get the other Kyle uh, his opinion <laughs> on that. You guys are battling for playoffs, and everything is so tightly packed to be up like this mm-hmm. in a game and not be able to close out is even more of a sting, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, super. I mean. We've done it time and time again. It stings like hell. This one's the worst, but I mean, what are you gonna do? You gotta move on. There is a even sadder Kyle, uh, in, not in the room on the re- on the recording. But I remember actually it was in Portland. Do you remember when when uh, well, we that was another really bad loss this year? And and Kyle Anderson had the quote. He's like, "I learned early on in the league when you're going through hell." keep on going and he just has these like really kind of like depressing sort of statements but it's because he is such like a jovial guy right like um i i think he actually means that in a positive way of like actually we just need to move on and and that's kind of what we needed to do all season which they they kind of have they haven't really strung together disastrous games right like there has been a lot of these but to be 31 and 30 at the break, like they've obviously had success, successful games as well. Yeah, every time they get punched in the face, they they respond. But then every time they're ready to, you know, win the belt, then they get punched in the face again. Yeah. Right? But no, that last night's game reminded me of like the intermission kind of shooting challenge you do, right? Where it's like the layup, the free throw, the three, like you get one shot, you know? And it's like, if you just do the layup, you get like a thousand bucks. <laughs> the Wolves are like, you know what? No, let's try a three-quarter shot to win $10 million and then just airball it out. Again, worst loss of the season. They come out, they're up, what, I think 30 to 10. You said they're up for 46 and a half minutes. And it had the same feelings of the Dallas game, but just different, right? Because instead of being on the road and the fans are getting louder, mm-hmm. you're at Target Center where like those fans are just kind of like, they could feel it, I could feel it, you could feel it. Right. Um, and then it all just kind of, and I know we'll kind of break it down a little more, but it all just... There's always moments in life where, you're, where you'll be like, I remember where I was when. <laughs> Big historical moments. I will remember where I was with three seconds left on the shot clock and Kyle Kuzma is completely draped by Anthony Edwards and just kind of throws this knuckleball up from the top of the key and hits this three to take right. the lead for the first time in the game. It was a one-point lead with a minute 10 left. Does not matter. That was it. The game was over at that moment. There was nothing the Wolves could do because it was just... I mean, Kuzma was terrible. I think he had two air, long air balls from the corner. I, but I, don't, or the, I don't know if you heard it in the locker room afterwards, but it was like, that dude was like 0 for 18. <laughs> and then he He's not wrong. Someone. He's not wrong. I mean, he was just, it was a, just a back break. What was Kuzma? He was 4 for 13 from deep. Um, it was just, and then, you know, the way that they closed it too, that was kind of deflating as well because I thought Rudy played, Obviously, Ant came out and was awesome, like almost 20 in the first quarter. I thought Rudy had one of his best games. He was low-key dominant. I mean, he just, Porzingis just had really no answers for him. I think Rudy had seven offensive rebounds, which were big, you know, gets you another possession. Um, but him and Jaden got filleted down the stretch in just two-man pick and roll, Bradley Beal, Kristaps Porzingis. And it's just a bigger thing. And I know they talked about it in the post-game locker room. I know we talked to Mike Conley about it too. It's just... This this idea that they just don't have like a killer instinct. They just don't have 
The Wizards were ready in the first quarter to go to Cabo. The Wizards were ready in the third quarter to go to Cabo. But they're also competitors. Like, they really, like, if you just let give them enough space and enough rope, uh, Bradley Beal just took the rope in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was as good as Ant was in the first half. Bradley Beal was the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he isolated and kind of cooked Jaden, cooked whoever they put on him, hit that three then to make it four with like 40 seconds left, and that was game. It's like, I, I remember, and I think I said it on one of the pods this week, uh, I think with Britt, like, there's, like, when they played Orlando two weeks ago, right, and I, I kind of thought about the quality of the opponent in the Orlando matchup to be similar to this Washington team, where it's like, yes, on paper, uh, or the name alone, right? They're, they're teams that aren't going anywhere this season. They're kind of like, at best, a 500 team, if yep. you middle of the pack at best and uh but you know both of those teams are like better than the perception is so i think like for the fan base right and there's no shade but like i I don't think a lot of people are like intimately checking the washington wizards box scores or the orlando match i mean i know like when the magic came to town i remember looking at him being like wow they've won like 15 of their last 26 or something and and washington was kind of like that too and so it kind of sets up the fan base, I feel like, for this letdown, if and when it happens. But also the players almost seem to have that same level of, like, understanding or perception of who the opponent is, right? And, again, I don't blame the players for not grinding Washington Wizards film. But, like, they're also not bad teams. And kind of to be real about it, as of right now, over the past couple months, like the Orlando Magic do have about the same record as the Wolves, the yep. Washington Wizards do. And that and that's more about like the league across the board being like, you know, five teams that are well above 500 teams and like five teams that are well below 500 teams. And then everyone else is kind of in the middle. And so I see it as, yeah, I mean, a little bit of underestimating the opponent. It looked like there was some coasting that the Wolves wanted to do into the break. Understandable. I wanted to coast in the break. I. I wanted to fall asleep. We were just tweeting memes like in the third quarter. It was all over. I, I, yeah, but it. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that for the players is is a sign of youth. And I, I guess the more pejorative term would be like immaturity. Um, that That's to me what this is. These type of losses are ultimately about. And, and I don't mean in a pejorative way because, as I've said many times this season, this team is like low key really young and and you do you do see that in like the leader of the team the main guy is 21 and he is having a terrific season though he falls into these traps as much as anybody does on the team like whether it be for 10 minutes in the middle over the course of the game or you know you're playing charlotte on a tuesday like ant i think because he's 21 i don't think it'll be a forever thing is going to kind of drastically vacillate his focus effort whatever uh based on on the opponent some and and I think that's why this has happened some this season because your best player is a 21 year old right now and and it's not the end of the world hopefully it's a you know it's a, a learning experience for ant it's something that's being articulated and maybe it's one of those like you got to touch the stove to know it's hot right and and then you get and you're like Oh man, we when the season's over, you're like we were one or two games away from being 
the five seed, but here we are the nine in the play-in, you know? Right. And, and you, you know, you hope that isn't what the experience ends up being, but it is trending in, in that direction to be like the reality for the team this season. So I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird because it's both things. We were, we're going to obviously talk about some of those immaturity things now in, you know, in the shadow of that last game, but it's not like they don't have the other side of the gradient too. I thought, I thought in a lot of ways that was like the best defensive game of the season. Like at least for the first three quarters, like the, the activity, the, the deflections, the playing in the gaps. I'm like, okay. Like I've always kind of like squinted at the, all right, the wolves are like top 10 defensively this year. I don't like that looked and felt for three quarters, like a top three defense in the league when I watched that game. But ultimately the result is the result. You are what you do for 48 minutes. You are what you do for, for 82 games. I just 31 and 30 is kind of what they are right now. And again, in case you're listening to this and you're pushing back at the work, it was the worst loss of the season. I don't even think it's up for debate, but back to your magic thing and the wizards, it's not the worst loss of the season because the wizards are bad. Yeah. The wizards have like the perfect, 41 and 41 record or roster, <laughs> yeah. right? Like they're like the Bill Simmons, like you don't want to be in the middle thing. Yeah. They are perfectly in the middle because they have some talent. Like their bench is kind of fun. Like Denny Avdia. Um, what, who is the kid just kind of flamethrowing from three? Uh, Kisper. Yeah. Ki like just, they had enough to kind of keep you honest. And then to your point, like I thought they did play really well defensively. That was just one of those games where all it took was, not having one or two disastrous stretches and there was a disastrous stretch i mean every quarter i think they the second and third quarter specifically the wizards ended on like an 8-0 run and a 12-0 run just those little and then like that was in like 90 second increments mm -hmm. just those little extra things just filleted them and then back to the youth thing in case you know people listen to this like what do you mean they're young like kyle anderson rudy gobert mike conley my thing is, look at the bench. Because yes. last night, I mean, in my opinion, they lost the game last night because the bench was maybe the worst yeah. performance they've had all year. Um, that bench is really young. It is Jalen. It is Nas. It is Jordan McLaughlin. It's, you know, Nikhil now. Um, obviously, Tayshawn Prince was in there a little bit too, but just they got nothing from the bench. I really, truly thought as much as I like Nas Reed, it was probably the worst Nas Reed game of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and then it forced... Finch to have to play those. I mean, I think what all the starters came in with 10 30 left in the fourth. Right. And he was just like, this is all I got. I have, I mean, it wasn't a great Finch game either by any means, but he's like, this is, I only can trust five guys. Yeah. I think it's interesting with the, the Jalen and Nas, like I would point to that as an immature, like one of the immaturity elements or youthful elements of the game. And you look at the beginning of that fourth quarter, a kind of end of the third quarter into the beginning of the fourth quarter, when Nas and Jalen were on the floor and it looked like really youthful play, but they were surrounded by Mike Conley old. Yep. Yep. Kyle Anderson, old Torian Prince old, you know, but even just having two young players who over a stretch of five minutes, which Jalen and Nas do not always do, but did last night when they are playing immature or, you know, not up to that level, that standard, it really can sink the whole five because like in the fourth quarter, it was that Washington is in the zone, right? And like Torian and Mike seem to be like, okay, yep, we're going to just give it to Kyle at the nail in the middle of the zone. And 
And then we're going to play off of that. And they did that. And then it was like multiple possessions where the defense commits to Kyle in the middle and he drops it off to Nas. And then Nas fumbles it or Nas, Nas airmails it or he finds Jalen and Jalen turns it over. Like you don't have to have five young players on the floor at a time to be a team that falls prey to youthful mistakes. And, and I thought last night was kind of the perfect example of that with the bench maybe being like the, the most glaring example of it. Let's take a quick break actually, Kyle. And then, uh, We'll come back. We'll keep talking about this. It's not gonna be all negative. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll spin it in the All Star break and uh, and where Ant's at here too, and just where this team has to go. But a quick break. We'll be back with Kyle. Today's show is brought to you by the Genesis Company. The Genesis Company is the MVP of the business game. With their advanced marketing techniques, they've helped over three hundred brands generate over three billion dollars in retail sales. So if you're an entrepreneur with any size brand or product, they're the best in the business. And for being fans of the pod. They're offering free access to their proprietary AI technology that helps founders uncover the true potential of their brand. Find out how big your brand or product should be. Don't let your competition steal the lead. Email them at grow at thegenesiscompany.com and claim your spot at the top of the game. That's grow at thegenesiscompany.com. Today's show is brought to you by Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. And I want to let you know that Falling Knife has added a second projector screen in their tap room for their Wolves watch parties. You've been there. They had one on one side of the wall. They got now surround screens going on. They got TVs throughout the tap room. So if you are looking to go out for a Wolves game, find a time to to get together with friends, or you just want to be part of the Wolves uh, community that they've cultivated over at Falling Knife Brewing Company, I really do recommend checking it out for a game here is maybe... The weather starts getting a little bit warmer. You want to get outside. You want to go be a little bit more social. If you're looking to do that for a Wolves game, uh, I, I really can't recommend a better place than Falling Knife to check out. Obviously, it doesn't need to be a Wolves game either. Maybe you got tickets to the Wolves. Uh, you can check out Falling Knife just uh, for happy hour with uh, coworkers or friends. But I do recommend checking it out on, on Wolves games nights. I think it's going to be uh, particularly fun here as the playoff push is upon us. That's, again, Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. All right, Kyle, let's, uh, let's, let's transition a little bit from that game, and we can keep talking about certain elements of it, but into where this team has been 61 games in the season, how it's kind of all flowed together, and then what needs to happen in these final 21 to, I don't know, make it make it worthwhile, right? And, right. and, and have this, uh, have been an overall, like, productive regular season. When, when I, I don't know, when I ask, what do you want to focus on first? Like, the 21 games to come or the 61 games that have happened when we're here at the break? I think that 21 games to come, and again, I'll say it one last time, worst loss of the season. <laughs> Uh, I fly in, I'm late, just everything. I'm so excited. And then just, I ended up at like 2.30 in the morning last night eating an entire pizza by myself and just drinking beer in this hotel lobby because I was so sad. Um, but I was also like looking at some, I had some I had some tweets ready for when they did win last night. So all the blame goes on me. But uh, this is just a random thing I saw. If they were to won last night or the next time they do win, it'll be 32 wins. They've only won 32 games or more five times since I graduated high school. Now I'm going to age myself a little bit, but that was 2007. <laughs> Five times they've won 32 games or more in a 16-year span. So worst loss of the season, shame on everyone, uh, bad bench, 
Uh, no, you know, Jalen Noel struggling, Nas Reed struggling, but moving forward now to these next 21. Um, yeah, they played 61 games. I think I noticed yesterday Carl's played 21. So you've missed 40 games of Carl. Um, I don't want to give them a gold star by any means, but because it's weird how of all the all NBA guys that miss games, it's like the Carl one, they're like, ah, who cares? Because when he was there, it didn't look good and it was sloppy. Last night's game was just another one of those examples where we've talked a lot. You and Britt have talked a lot about staggering Rudy and, and Carl when Carl comes back. And that should hopefully be, you know, maybe a week or two after all-star break. We don't know. I was thinking last night, it would be great to just stagger Ant and Carl for 48 minutes. So you got a guy out there who can score, right? right? Because I don't think the bench, I, I think the bench went two for 10 last night from three, two assists, seven turnovers and like one steal and two free throws. It was just, didn't have a bench. And if you would have had another all NBA guy out there, an all-star that could have got you some buckets to not let those 8-0, runs happen. An all-star scorer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, part of what we can talk about in this time, and you don't, you know, you don't need to totally dwell on the Conley versus Delo stuff. But I, again, my, my opinion has been that I think Conley greater than Delo for this team, for this roster, for this season. Um, but it's not, that's not a, it's not a black and white thing, right? It, it can, it's gun. There's going to be games in which Delo's style of play for that game would have been more beneficial to the team than what Conley could bring. And, and when you talk, it, it, that's exactly what comes in my mind when you bring up, you know, needing to have a scorer on the floor for 48 minutes, having someone out there when Ant isn't. And, and it felt like in that game that they could have used D'Angelo Russell's shot making, even if it was just not even just for the fourth quarter, but at like some point in the second or some point in the, in the third, well, rather than the 18 point lead becoming a nine point lead, it turns into a 25 point lead. And then there's kind of particularly the game before the all-star break. Maybe that just breaks the Wizards back. You know, I you could kind of feel that throughout that game. And the fact that, you know, Conley had a hell of a week and was 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 super gassed. Like I I don't totally, you know, put that on, on Mike at all either. But he is not the same offensive player that uh, you know, that that D'Angelo is either. And it felt like they could feel that a little bit more. Though I do want to acknowledge Mike was super gassed. You actually asked him about this uh, after the game. Let's uh let's play where where Mike Conley is uh physically right now. What's these last seven days been like? And does this all-star break kind of just give you some time to just like take a deep breath and be like, well, okay, what's been going on this last week? Hectic, man. I need a break. <laughs> I need it. I need it. I need it. Um, I was saying that before the game. I'm just tired, man. Just, just super tired. I don't think it's just from the rush of getting traded and going up and down and then and letting it all settle in. And you're like, man, I, I didn't sleep for like three straight nights. I've been working extra hard, trying to learn everything, trying to be present with the guys, trying to be everywhere. Um, we had two days off before this game, but I was busy the whole time doing stuff, um, trying to figure out stuff. So um, this this comes at a good time. And I think this lets uh, me decompress, let everything kind of settle in, um, get familiar with the city, uh, get familiar with, you know, the practice arena, you know, the target center, everything. So um, looking forward to just, uh, you know, reflecting a little bit back to it so kyle it's it's 
and if saying he didn't sleep for three nights is like what <laughs> that, uh, that that sounds that sounds bad that sounds like something that would would negatively impact your your basketball production I, I i tweeted that um that quote out last night after the game and i saw a couple people in the comments being like you know this rings a little false you have a couple days off like it seems seems like an excuse and and one piece of context that that i would place on that is i think it's intuitive that he had to spend a lot of time like learning the the playbook and just you know maybe on the plane rather than like catching three hours of sleep flying back from wherever you know he's sitting next to pablo prigioni and they're going through like what the offense is like i think we get that but there's another layer of it too when you're a new player on a new team like how much outside of practice like you got to take all these pictures you got like on the 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 team production video the all that stuff like mike conley and Nikhil alexander walker are in that and the set like they had to go to sets to film stuff and do that so yes they had multiple days off in in between games which was a win they practiced both those days too that's not really recharge time and then when the rest of the team when anthony edwards is going home after practice to recharge you know mike conley's probably going to take pictures or videos or signed contracts or getting an apartment you know mike like conley like mike conley asked me last night how to get to the loading ramp or the loading dock he's like do you know how to get out of here and i was just like i wanted to like i don't think i can hug you but i would like to um and he, you know to to his credit i mean i mean whatever like i asked the last question in his post game media stuff and it's always non-basketball related that's where my strength is but before that you guys all had really good questions and he was you know like I was bad tonight you know to your point about the D'Lo thing and if that was a D'Lo game does an 18 point lead go to 25 even with D'Lo does an 18 point lead just not go to nine does it go to 13 right just like he'll get you a bucket to kind of stem the bleeding um but yeah I mean I, I I whether you think it rings hollow or whatever I I really appreciate like transparency and vulnerability. And he was, when I asked him that question, he immediately hopped on. He's like, I am so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Um, I know I kind of let my team down, but I just need a break. And everything you said makes sense. And then I was thinking too, like, does he have Wi-Fi? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he talked about with Ant the first day he was there. Like you said, Ant went home to hang out, recharge. Well, Ant went home to play Call of Duty. He wants to play with Mike. Like, does Mike have Wi-Fi? Where does Mike live? Like, Mike has so many things. I know, like, Mike has, like, his wife was in town. He has kids. I mean, trying to figure out putting him in school. So I know that sounds like a lot of excuses. But I always try to come on these pods at the end of the week and be like, you know, these dudes are human beings. And Mike Conley last night looked like a human being that just needed a break. I don't think he's going to Cabo. I think he might just be going to, like, the mall. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, he, it, it struggled last night. He was not good last night. I thought he was pretty good in the Dallas game. Um. But offensively, if you look at the box score, yes, zero points. Mm -hmm. I did think, though, again, there were some moments in that first half where he just showed an ability to connect with Rudy right. that no one else has really demonstrated. And that's the counter D-Lo thing, right, too, where, again, I don't know, just rolling through our tweets. But, and, and, <laughs> and I guess this is me admitting that I do uh, occasionally check the comments on them. But, uh, like, I was like, at the end of the game, I'm like, you know, I, I don't think you can complain much about what, Anderson, Gobert, McDaniels, and Edwards did in that game. This one feels more on Conley in the bench, is what I said. And and I saw like multiple people like, well, you know, he's involving others in the offense. Like, just because Conley isn't scoring, he that isn't 
and maybe this is that maybe that's fair. And for me too, is like I need to connect the same type of value to Mike Conley or recognize the same type of value I do with Jordan McLaughlin. Like with Jordan McLaughlin, if he plays 17 minutes, goes one for two from the field, but is a plus 17. You know, me and Jace are on here like J Mac. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's uh like I I I I'd say that for myself to be like, I'd need to adjust my vision for what we're expecting out of the point guard position because that is that in and of itself is totally evolving because one, Conley and Delo are different players, but two, Ant's not playing the point anymore. Right. Like, like and, and part of that is J Mac being back and, and Ant was kind of forced into that by necessity dealer wanted to come off a ball more often but this for three games at least it's a lot more like traditional quarterbacking of the offense between conley mclaughlin or anderson and that's a little bit different than when your quarterbacks were anderson dealer and ant right like it's it's a it's a different it's a different style and i think we need to attribute a different responsibility or expectation to that uh though i'm still figuring that out and i do still think that mike conley tired or not holds some accountability for going over six from the field and not scoring any points in however many minutes he kind of had a ricky rubio line right because yeah. yeah he did have six assists led the team but he also had zero turnovers yeah. i think he might have been the only player on the entire team that didn't have a turnover last night and then you look at ant who had three assists but six turnovers right so the the not scoring thing is unacceptable right you just got to be able to get a couple buckets he said to post game that the zone kind of threw everything off that he was actually wasn't it wasn't it against the Mavericks or something that Ant was like I want Mike to shoot more but then last night Mike was like I kind of want to shoot more too like I'm not I'm not scared to let it rip uh it's just the zone and everything kind of put you in a in a blender that that's a that's a good point I asked Rudy about that after the game because it it was like the rhythm of the game through three quarters, even though like Washington was staying in the game, like I was saying with the deep, I was like, I'm like, okay, yeah, this lead is not expanding, but I am seeing impressive defensive possession after impressive defensive possession. And and that was meaningful. And then that just like went away. Like if we just sat down right now and we watched the like 80 defensive possessions, just that side of the floor, we'd be like, what the hell happened on these last 20? Like the first yeah, six, yeah. you know, and, and, and I think what did happen was, and credit to Washington, they threw that zone out there and it, it completely impacted the rhythm of the Wolves' offense, which I was theorizing in the moment. Like, I think that impacts their, their defensive rhythm. And I asked that about, I asked Rudy about that after the game and he kind of, or very much concurred. Rudy, you talked about the rhythm of the offense kind of changing there in the, in the fourth quarter. He does all the time. He does all the time. I mean, when you when we play when we play with force offensively, uh, magically we're able to set our defense, you know, and we we don't give up those uh, those layups uh, to two guys that are that are drivers. Uh, we don't give up those. Uh, we don't get cross match for no reason. You know, we just play with force and then. Um, and then it affects our communication on defense, and we're able to to set our defense. And once again, when we even when we make when, whether we miss or make shots, uh, when we get the good shots, we're able to set our defense and communicate. So it's uh, yeah, it's all connected. So so Kyle, what I think is is interesting and a, and a good 
point. He says a couple things there. He goes, when we're playing with force offensively, it allows us to, you know, kind of jokingly, he says, like, magically set our defense. And and then and then he kind of like goes into that further where he's like, you know, make or miss. Even if we miss and it's a good shot, it allows us to set our defense. Right. And and I think and I think what if we do the stupid watching the 80 possessions thing, it's like you watch the clips of the final. We were doing that with Jace after the game, but you were just on <laughs> NBA.com. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're watching the the quote unquote defensive possessions from uh from for the wolves in the fourth quarter and they all start the clip starts with the wolves missing a shot on offense because it's like missed shot bang bang within six seconds bradley beal's going downhill for for a layup or for a kick out to kuzma or whatever and um that is the difference and i think again to a a defense that is defined by rudy go that makes the identity through rudy gobert a, a Rudy Gobert defense is only elite when it's set. And yep. and would you would you love it if you had a player who was a magical defender in a half court defense and at all other times in scramble? Sure. Point to me who that defender is. Who who's that who's that guy that in like any situation is doing is d- making a drastic difference defensively for them? It, it that I don't think that really exists. And Rudy, it might be more egregious right he's bigger slower transition he's going to struggle but it is if you can get set that that's what makes this team elite defensively they're elite in half court defense this season they have been all year they've been elite half court defense and they need to whether it's through the you know focus pattern of behavior offensively whatever it might be you need to get yourself in positions to be set defensively more often if you want to be winning these games and that, that totally connects to the rhythm of the offense. Yeah. It felt like the wolves scored on every possession in the first half. And then, cause the, obviously where our media seats are, the wizards were on our side of the court in the first half and the wolves would score every possession. And then the wizards would come down. The wolves would be set in their defense. And then it was just, there were so many times in that first half where the wizards would get into the paint, see Rudy Gobert. And the Gobert factor, and then just like, no, 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 we can't, we're not even going to try to shoot, and we'll have to kick it back out. But in the second half, I and mean, this was probably the stat of the night, uh, so credit to Jace for this, but the Wolves went 5 for 16 in the paint in the fourth quarter. And I think eight of those misses were maybe Kyle Anderson on that one possession where he just kept throwing the ball back. But yeah, just, you know, miss, 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 expending energy just to try to get the offensive rebound, put it back up. And that's what makes this version of this team good offensively is the paint points, right? Yeah. That's what the Dallas game was like. This is not going to, it hasn't been all season, a team that is going to really punish you with the three ball, their low ball, low volume, three point shooting team and mediocre ineffectiveness from three point shooting. Plus now they don't have their, best volume three-point shooter for the season in D'Angelo Russell's gone. Yes, you're going to get cap back, but in this interim period, having effective offense is going to be driven by what they do within like 12 feet of the basket. And, and, you know, and that can be the floater game that Conley has. That can be more of a lob game to Rudy. We're seeing more of that isolated pick and roll. But right now this team is so dependent on that to generate offense that to your point, five or 16, uh, in you know, in a, in a quarter in the paint, like this team's gonna fall apart because the other possessions, it's not like they're gonna be knocking down four or five threes. 
I have like one more Wizards game related quick thing for you. And then uh, but then I know we wanted to kind of end with something that is another topic that win or lose needs to be talked about. But uh, what do you think about Nikhil's kind of debut and uh, just that? Because I have some thoughts. Wait, my first thought was, is he gave you a really good stint. It was kind of, you know, his Timberwolves target center debut as well. Uh, I think he had a bucket. He played really good defense. He's a little bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing him in person. Um, my only thing is, I'm asking you, who is much smarter than I am, how do how, when he came in, he subbed in for Jordan McLaughlin, and Jordan McLaughlin is like the plus minus hero and the you know like the champion of all of our hearts. But it's like, is it because when they made the trade, fans always love the throw in too, right? Like, yeah, we got this house, but did you also see we got like an inner tube? And I just don't know as cool as it seems to maybe play him and he is good defensively. I don't know if it like, is it detrimental to play him because now you're going to take less Jordan McLaughlin minutes? I think so. I was at practice uh, the, the day before the game and uh, you know, at, at practice you're there for like the 20 minutes and the players doing their individual drill work. And, and I was just watching Nikhil was, was right in, right in front of me there. And it's, you know, that's that, that first time really watching somebody shoot five, 10 feet away from you. And like he he had some pretty decent like three point shooting numbers uh, this year in in Utah, but I I kind of left that being like, yeah, this was kind of my assumption like not a pure shooter, like one of those where don't really uh, prescribe the three point percentage to the the quality of the the shot maker that he is in those situations. And as I've had the chance to watch a little bit more of him, I think offensively it is more the size that should be the the entry. What can he do in that in-between area? And and can he be a really good passer? I think that's that's what you're really hoping for, which in a weird way, right, that's kind of like J-Mac. Like J-Mac, you're never going to feel super confident about the three-point shooting. Um, it's just not his, his, his primary skill set. I think the difference is that when you're going to those backup point guard minutes, and you you feel like you need another perimeter defender like J Mac scraps and like he's not a bad defender by any means, but sometimes you just literally need that physicality. Yep. And that stood out to me watching him for at practice sure. too. Like you were saying, being around him in person, like this is a big guard, big, long, rangy. Like you know, it, it, it's kind of like the body type mold of a, in a guard of Jaden McDaniels, right? Where this this guy is going to be able to pester you defensively with his length. And, and so I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I just don't know, like, which is kind of your question. It's like, what is the role? Is there a role? I'm kind of leaning to no. Maybe it's kind of like the Austin Rivers thing at the beginning of the season where it's like a couple minutes here and there where you you just feel that you you need a little bit more defense. Maybe he completely usurps Rivers for one of those backup guard roles. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't think, I thought it was a, a a good debut. I just don't know really how to think about him or or where he he fits in this going forward. The beauty of Jordan McLaughlin, like you said, is he can score two points and like be the MVP of the game or whatever. But it's that he again go the b- bench production is always like something I'm really keen on because one night you'll have a bench that gets you like 48 points combined. You're like, oh my god, deepest team in the league. Let's never trade anyone. And then last night it's like, oh my god, like. I mean, it's just kind of like all the same-ish guy, right? Like Austin Rivers isn't necessarily facilitating, but he's kind of out there to guard. Nikhil's out there to guard. I mean, he had one turnover, and it was just a really bad kind of bounce pass. I was like, dude, there's no way you're getting that to Rudy. 
Um, but again, he came in from McLaughlin. So you pull McLaughlin out and then you just have a bunch of guys that can't really score. Right. Right. I mean, Nas again was really bad Jalen. So you just, it's, I like the idea of nah. I know he's a restricted free agent this summer. I don't think he was just thrown into the trade to be thrown in. I think the wolves probably were pretty interested in him, but for this pitch in particular, for this period of time, as intriguing as he is, I just don't know what the role is because if you're, if you do go to a five bench lineup until Carl comes back just to kind of stem the tide, you know, an Austin, Nikhil, Jalen, TP, Nas lineup is just, I mean, it just makes me want to smoke. Like it's just, it's, it's a, it's a tough, tough situation. But I, I mean, again, he, he looked good. He had one defensive possession where he was everywhere. He was boxing out. Um, he is big, but I don't know. I, I don't know if what his future holds over these next 21 games. Right. Or, or, or beyond that. Uh, let's take one more break. We'll be back with Kyle kind of wrap this up. Uh, let's, let's maybe make it a little bit more ant centric as, as he gets into the all-star break, but back with Kyle in a minute. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back with Kyle Tiggy. Um, Kyle, we were, we were talking about what miscellaneous things we wanted to hit on in this game outside of the fact that it's the All-Star break and outside of the fact that they let this one slip. And you're like, oh, should we just be talking about Ant more often? Like, and and I, I don't think it's that you or I, we've been skipping Ant. But, uh, I mean, I just consistently, game after game, maybe not for 48 minutes, but Every game, I'm I I find myself pretty blown away, uh, by by what he is and and how quickly he became it. Again, just like bigger picture, I I believed this version of Anthony Edwards was in him, and I I would have bet a lot of money it would come. I I did not think it would come in the beginning of 2023. I would have probably said a a couple more years from now, but uh, it it it's here, and and we should acknowledge that I particularly in, you know, in light of him heading to, to Utah this weekend for the, for the all-star game. What, 
I mean, what what can you say about Ant? I feel like the only thing we're talking about with him is like, oh, immaturity, nitpicking on those sort of things. And that that's what you do with a superstar player. That's actually a, a compliment, compliment. Yeah, yeah. Is, is when you're nitpicking somebody who has a pretty efficient 35 points or whatever and has consistently done it. But I to remove the nitpicks, I, I, I think we should just acknowledge how kind of special this has been. Worst loss of the season. Mike Conley's got a score. Bad bench. Some Finch mistakes. Now we're on to now we're on to All Star break. I was in my feelings last night in the hotel lobby of the West End, like two thirty, eating this pizza, and I was just thinking about like you and I a little bit too, because like we've kind of been doing this together now since we both got into this, and you know, like I whatever I took over Canis back in March twenty twenty two, so like kind of had more predominant role. 2020. 2020, yeah. So twenty twenty, right before COVID and stuff, and then that year's the the weirdest year ever, which then kind of formed the weirdest team ever. Um. Weird draft, no summer league, no real prep, no combine. And then for the first time ever, this team wins the lottery. And they get the first overall pick in a draft that everyone's like, this is the worst draft in 10 years, right? Like, there's no good players in this. There's no stars. It would actually, I mean, I remember things. I am so petty. I need, like, I got to work this out of my system. People being like, I would, I would rather have the second pick in this draft. Okay, you're an idiot. No one would ever say that about any other draft or about any other team. And they go draft this kid who, right before the, the draft in November, I mean, do you remember the draft was in November? Yep. It hasn't even been three full years. Uh, kid doesn't, d- not a good work ethic, not, not a good shooter, doesn't even, wants to play football, just all, all these things. And I was just thinking last night, look at how far we've come in like 26 months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he is the best player from that draft. He is an all-star. He is borderline all-NBA um, we've talked about how many games Carl's missed. I, I always think like, where is this? What's the record of this team? If Ant doesn't take a leap, right? Like every night that he has a big game. I mean, even last night, it's like these tweets come on. It's like the only other players to ever do this were like LeBron, Luca, and Ant. And you're like, <laughs> Jesus, like he's top 10 this season in points, steals, field goals, three pointers and 25 point games. And I just thought of this cause I'm going to Hawaii tomorrow. He can't rent a car in Hawaii for four years. <laughs> like he has to take a cab on the island of Maui. Like that's crazy. And his again, is the immature? Yeah. Everyone listening to this has either been 21, is 21, or will be 21. I don't even want to tell you what I was doing then, but it was terrible. It's just, it's an incredible. They really did have this opportunity to draft a franchise player, and he has been everything you'd want. He's a gym rat. He's only consistently got better. Um, is there immaturity still? Yes. Is there is there things to work on? Yes. But, you know, whether it be a Tatum or you watch around the league, these guys don't even really get their prime until they're 25, 26. Mm-hmm. And this kid turned 21 five months ago. So uh, it's just, and again, the reason we got to bring it up is because we've been doing a pod now for like six weeks where we're like, I think he should be an all-star. He wasn't an all-star. He wasn't in the reserves. And then when they announced kind of the injury replacements, it seemed like that kind of went under the radar a little bit. It's not hoop, you know, hyped up on TNT and stuff. It's just kind of like, oh, hey, by the way, Anson. Um, <laughs> but it should be it, it should be a moment to celebrate even after a bad loss, thirty one and thirty. But you have a bright future. I mean, I've always joked that I kind of thought he saved the franchise for better or worse. I mean, just he's he's so marketable. Uh, he and in a league where it's all about guards, really, right? Like even I know Jokic is going to win his third MVP, but at the end of the day, it's just guards and people who can score that really kind of give you that possibility to contend and win championships. And I don't know if this team will ever win a championship. I've always, I've joked, like my, I tell my therapist, like I might never see them win, 
but he at least gives you a chance. And last night sucked, but I hope this weekend is a celebration for him to be on the same stage as some of these other young guards, Luca, Shea, you know, Tatum. Uh, I think this is a really cool opportunity for him, and it's been really cool to cover you and I for these last couple of years, and it's it's exciting to think of where he can go moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, I guess, yeah, to, to tie it into the, the personal element of it for us, it was uh, I on, on my flight back from Denver, I was like, all right, what am I? I'm, I'm not going to. It was I normally on the flight back. I've rewatched the game and it was the Denver game where they lost by like 50. I'm like, I'm not rewatching that. So I was sitting there on Netflix and I was like, I'm going to watch the last dance. Like just this, the episode, one of it, you know, I, but I haven't yeah. rewatched. I want back on back in March, 2020. That's yep. like what, yep. or April, 2020, whatever that, uh, that came out. And, you know, it, I, I'm not, I am not making an ant to Michael Jordan or Jade McDaniels. That's to, for me. To, to, yeah. yeah. You, you can take that. But, uh, again, from a personal element of it, which I didn't think about uh, at the time when I was watching it live, you know, there's just a lot of the the beat guys, the Chicago Bulls beat writers, you know, 20, 30 years later are on that. And and like I was just, you know, they're just kind of talking about how this was such a cool and you know special experience for them. And you know, as we know, you kind of get a little bit more behind the scenes when you're there, which I'm sure was amazing for Jay Adande, right? when in 1994 or whatever, when he's, <laughs> when he's covering uh, Michael Jordan and the bulls. And, and I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that whatever ant is or will become that I got to see it, you know, from, from the beginning. And that's a really, it's just a, a, a cool and special thing to, to be able to track. And I think that I don't say that to mean that that's all that different than what the, the fan base is doing or getting to do and going to target center, watching the game, watching the games on TV. But, um, I believe it is the beginning of of something special. Even if I spend all this time nitpicking on on Ant, that you you point out the turn, well, you pointed out the turnovers, or you point out some of the immaturities and stuff like that. Uh, this is this is a kid that is going to very much define my job for yeah. the, this this period of time, and that's uh, and that's cool. I'm just I'm I'm excited to do that, and this is the first real. Um, you know, marker of that, that will show up on this basketball reference page of one X all-star, you know? And, and I know that 10 years from now, when we are both much older, uh, there's going to be a lot more of those on his basketball reference page. There's going to be a lot more of those tweets that, that you just read off about the, the Luca and LeBron's and, and one like that. And that's just, uh, it's a cool thing. And, and, and when we're in this, uh, you know, whirlwind of 61 games in 121 days we forget that right we you kind of you live in the moment of like oh man they really they played a zone in game 61 and that we spent 16 minutes of the episode talking about you know did they put like did they have enough spacing against the zone it's like and i love doing that stuff you know but uh the, the overarching theme of the team is anthony edwards and and will be for a, for a long time here. And, uh, I'm, I'm impressed by the, the season that he's had. And moreover than anything, the thing I'm most shocked by is, is how much he's become a leader at, at 21 yep. years old in, in his own way. 
And and I say that just from the eye test of what I can see watching the games, what fans can see there too. I mentioned this before on other episodes, but maybe because we're talking about it again, I've had numerous players unprompted, like just come up to me in the hallway or whatever, you know, you're there at practice in the locker room. And like, I, I think you guys might not see how much leadership Ant is, is taking on here. And, 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 you know, they're just, they give a little anecdote of why that's helpful for them or why this did that. And, uh, that element being something you question Ant having or not knowing he could even have is is pretty important to have be here right now in the beginning of 2023 when he was drafted 26 months ago and is still half a decade away from being able to rent a car in Hawaii. You know, that 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 matters. And it's not it's not an excuse, but it always makes me think. I was I was thinking back to Austin Rivers pod when he had Anton off. The, I think it was called off guard. And uh, Ant talked about like his, I think, off season training and that he just doesn't take a lot of days off because admittedly so he still eats like a 21 year old. And if he takes four days off, he's going to gain 10 pounds. Who among us? But, you know, the Gobert trade, we're just never going to stop talking about it. That also defines your job, right? It defines my life, sadly. And. I just wonder if, you know, whatever you think about it or whatever you think about any of the stuff that's going on, I, I think Anthony Edwards, how do I say this without being takeish? I think the Gobert trade, no matter what you thought of it, helped inspire the leap that he's taking. Because hmm. I don't know what Anthony Edwards looks like if he's on the Hornets. Right? Like, I don't know what Ant is like in a setting that's not everything is must win. Or like... like you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what Ant's like if you put him on a team for two years where they're 25 and 57. What if you just don't make the Gobert trade and you do do the run it back that, that people wanted and Cat still gets hurt and misses 50 games and, you know, maybe Pat Bev takes a, a step back due to his age and, you know, and maybe D'Lo, if they're losing even more, maybe D'Lo becomes like a problem and and all this stuff and, and we're sitting here at the All-Star break and they're 21 and 40. Mm-hmm. You know, I I agree with that. That Ant, I get probably because he's young, and and someone immature would have had nowhere near what this season is just because of the confusion of those vibes, right? And and this at a minimum, the Gobert trade, what it has done this season for all sixty one games is put the utmost focus on winning, and and maybe that's just not having your first round pick so you have no incentive to do otherwise but uh but there has been a commitment to that from the team and surprisingly to me a real commitment from ant who if we're sitting here tired saying man i've had to cover 61 games in 121 days well he's played in 61 of those games that's that's a, that that's that's a lot different i think i just think for every shay gildress alexander who continues to develop and continues to just ball out, but his team is never expected to win a game or just there's no expectation right now. There's 10 lottery guys or whatever that just kind of flame out. Uh, and again, this is under, if you listen to me, you know, like this is under no circumstances saying that the Gobert trade was a win. It is kind of like the Wiggins trade. When you give the pick, it's like, you're never going to win the Wiggins trade, but can we still kind of make it work for us to have D'Lo? And sure. it did. I mean, I think D'Andro, it's a random stat. I think D'Andro Russell played in more playoff games than Jimmy Butler. In Minnesota, like that's kind of a random. I mean, six is greater than five, but 
the Rudy thing, it just it put a it put an expectation on this team and a demand. And I will never know, actually, maybe. But it does make me think that continuously, maybe that was the conversations last July, putting Ant in meaningful games is something that, yeah, they lost to the Wizards and now everyone's sad. But when he's 24, that shit will matter a little more that this kid, for the most part, outside of his rookie year, hopefully will never play in meaningless basketball games other than Sunday in the all-star game. But that, 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 that could be something that, again, I just, it is fun. Like the wolves don't play for a week. Um, go look at his basketball reference page. Just go Twitter. So like, just look at some of the stuff that this kid has done. And if you're a real fan of this, and I know you are listening to this, um, it's, it's just crazy that it's already happened compared to what you thought when he was drafted and he was this kid out of Georgia who just wanted to, you know, hold a football, not a basketball and had no leadership qualities whatsoever. You know, went to six months of college, right? Like he doesn't have a degree. He doesn't have a business. Like he doesn't know how to lead. And he's had some missteps along the way. Um, but I always think back to that night when Rudy Gobert was, you know, the the post-game thing with Katie Storm and he's kind of a rigid yeah. human being in general. And Ant goes out of his way to like prop him up, right? Or Ant drops, you know, 40. And the first thing he says is like all credit to Jaden. Or, you know, when he just is pouring, uh, wasn't it last year when Carl had a, oh yeah, I think it was the Carl game when he dropped 60 in San Antonio. Right. Ant's behind him pouring Dasani Waters on him, like, I know this sounds sappy and stuff, but that's what this weekend's all about now. We're done with drop coverages for a week. No one has to listen to Dane say that stuff. It's all about just kind of enjoying the fact, and I go back to how he didn't make it originally, but he is an all-star. We will never remember how he made the all-star team. We'll just know that on basketball reference, he's an all-star. And I think it's worth this weekend, no matter how you feel about last night's loss, just enjoying the fact of how far this kid has come. And the Wolves never get it right, ever. And they got this one right. This is kind of random. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has played 503 games for the Timberwolves. Is obviously the on the current roster the player who has played the most games for the Timberwolves franchise. You know who's second? Is it Ant? It's not Ant. It, it is. It is Nas at 220, but Ant is third <laughs> at, at 205. And so we'll That's honestly many, probably how many games Kawhi's missed this year, and he's still made. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's uh, I don't know. I guess that kind of connects to to D'Lo. I, what triggered me to think of that was the Jimmy versus versus D'Lo thing. In in that, like, this is all still so new. Yeah, there's so little tenure here, even to Chris Finch, uh, obviously to 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 Tim Conley, so little uh, to Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, right? Like. There are real expectations on this team that I think are are fair to be put on it. They signed up for that by making the trade. The context is, though, that your best player is 21 years old and that this group, well, we were talking about immaturity, youthfulness on this team. Like, you know who it is after, like, it goes Cat, Nas, uh, Ant, and then the next most tenured players are Jaden McDaniels, Jordan McLaughlin, and Jalen Noel. Like, that's the continuity of this group. And, and that will change over, over time. And it won't take four years or whatever like it did because, you know, Jalen Noel didn't even play. Like, he would, those are games played. Jalen Noel got DMPs a, a bunch of the time. I just think we need to remember that in the greater context of this. 
how new this all is and how definitively young the tenure of of this group is. And again, I go back to just the hot take that no one will ever be able to prove right or wrong, but that putting Anthony Edwards, a kid who did, they overemphasized some of his, you know, negatives coming out of college, but putting a kid that didn't have a lot of, you know, maturity growing up or didn't have a lot of structure or didn't have a lot of basketball reps, putting him in meaningful basketball reps seems like something that maybe now we're frustrated about or last week we're frustrated about or, you know, July of 2022, we're frustrated about the Gobert trade. But when he's 24, 25, I mean, I really, it, it, you can have an Anthony Edwards conversation, by the way, without having to loop in Carl. Like, Carl's still really great. It doesn't have to do with that. But I think Anthony Edwards is the first time you really have in Vegas last year, right, with Mark Laurie dropping the C word, like championship. Like, it's the first kind of time like that. This is the guy that gets you one of those, maybe, on a long shot. It's so not Rudy Gobert. Right, yeah, and again, you know, like the Rudy Gobert trade for Ant might just be, if Ant's my son and I took four jobs so I could send Ant to, to Harvard for four years, I'm going to be poor and it's going to suck for four years, but I'm just trying to get my kid an education so that when he is 25, he's going to be able to go out there and lead, you know, be the face of the league. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I am really happy for the kid. I think you were there. You asked him the questions. I got the sense that when he didn't make it as a reserve, he's like, he said something like, yeah, people like me never get that or whatever. He didn't expect it. I think he was sad, though. Like, I think he was. Uh, yeah. I mean, just. There was just talking to people around him and stuff like that. I mean, there was a real. I mean, I what I do believe is his prime. What he has said is winning. I don't, I don't care. I want to go to the playoffs and that, you know, that's the main thing. We go to the playoffs. I'm good. I believe that is true and is the primary focus. I know for a fact he really wanted this all-star game he really i mean and and is is celebrating enjoying the injury replacement but when we were doing what we were doing you know talking about the all-star game and kind of trying to figure out where he fell in this like so was he so were the people around him and and that was important because kids work his ass off this year like i mean he has played in all 61 games and has changed the primary flaw in his game which was inconsistency he has a lot of other flaws that he needs to iron out Oh, over time to be yeah. that that championship player and to make it not sound extremely stupid that I compared any of this to the to the last dance. Um, That's what I was doing after the Mavs game, by the way. <laughs> that defensive <laughs> possession, it was just. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even that too, like his inconsistencies. Also, he would. No one was saying defense in the Anthony Edwards draft reports, right? It was just like yeah. this: the kid's a bucket, you know, inconsistent, bad shots. He's also, and it has to be more consistent. But he's also like, if he wants to give you a possession. He can be one of the 10 best defenders in the league on one possession. Now, it'd be great if he could do it all game, but it's, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's worth mentioning. And again, it's, I said this when I was like, man, I hope he makes it. It's not about the shoes or it's not about, you know, the highlights, whatever. It's just the only way that they're, the, the franchise is going to get respect on a national level is winning. But it's also going to be this kid being everywhere this weekend. And like, you know, not, I, we take all-star break every year. We cover this team. And a lot of times it's a full week off mm. and there's going to be 72 more hours of the Timberwolves in the, in part of the party, right. Or in part of the punch bowl, because that kid's going to be there wearing a Jersey representing the franchise. And uh, yeah, the future, I listened to Zach Lowe the other day and he was talking about the Gobert trade again. And he was like, yeah, you know, the wolves, in terms of young guys, like their, their future, they don't re only really have Jaden and Ant. Hmm. I was like, 
fuck, that's pretty cool, man. Like, <laughs> like that's you got an all defensive guy and an all star, uh, and they're both under twenty two. So uh, congratulations to him. He deserved it. He got there in a weird way, but uh, he's going to be on your screen on Sunday. You know, playing with LeBron, playing with the best players in the world, and now he is one of those players. He is one of the best players in the world. And I hope the fans can enjoy that too, because. Like you said, uh, this hasn't been a franchise that can have nice things, a fan base that can have uh, nice things. I actually want to uh, shout out. I got a I got an email that it is Jim Callanan's uh, 40th birthday. And uh, somebody asked, I give him a, a shout out as a loyal listener to this, which I think is just emblematic of, uh, you know, a lot of people who are into this team in, a, in you know, in a major way. And as a byproduct, you know, listen to this product or follow all of our all of our coverage. So. You know, shout out uh, Jim uh, as a as an example for like what this fan base is and enjoy like, yeah, man. And Jim, enjoy the all star break. The fan base, enjoy the all star break. Watch Ant like I'm sure some hilarious something is going to be is going to be said off of from Ant out there or yeah, or just putting the limelight on him on, on national TV. Right. Like that's part of the reason he isn't just a huge deal right now. Like. And uh, we don't got to do the whole like national media thing all over again. Whatever it is, it is what it is. He's going to be in the national media uh, limelight. And I was thinking about this last night when I was watching the game before it got a turn. And I was like, I have watched this team play every game, most of them in person this season. And I, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, you know, trying to put on my objective hat. And I go, I don't know how many people could have sat here and watched the games intimately every game and I know all national media people can't do that I know all coaches can't do that but I don't know how you could have sat where I sat this season watching that kid play seeing what he was and did in the locker room and and say and make any sort of argument that that kid doesn't deserve to be in the all-star game that's what I think and feel as I remove any sort of uh, biasy bias from my my closeness to the team. So yeah, you know, shout out to him and and I'm I'm ecstatic to see where where the kid goes and, and what he develops into. We've been doing this for a pretty long time, but just I've also just been a fan of the team since I came out of the womb. And uh, the All Star break is usually the Groundhog Day of ping pong balls. And yeah. looking, you know, at the standings, but not at the part of the standings that you want to look at, the part of the standings that are at the bottom. Maybe. <laughs> and I just think with this kid, this hasn't been a great season. They haven't met expectations. They've had some excuses and they've had some non-excuses. 31 and 30s, they should be better. They've got some things to work out. They've got some players to acclimate. They've got some decisions to make about this roster long term. But I really actually think, all jokes aside, all optimism aside, that with this kid on the roster, we're not going to be looking at ping pong balls in February anymore. The, 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 he, and he showed you kind of by himself without Carl for 41 games and with Rudy not figuring out and just injuries all over the place. This kid in and of himself has raised the bar for this franchise mm -hmm. and they have so much to still work out around him. But again, as long as he's here, you have a chance. And I think that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, and it's also nice to get a little break, right? <laughs> Uh, like I, and even, even for fans or season ticket holders, like, it's been, it's been a lot of time, uh, at, at target center. Crunch looks sad last night and he's a mascot with an unchangeable face. I was just like, what's up buddy? And he just kind of looked at me like, 
the Jake Graff's meme of crunch smoking a cigarette. Like he might have smoked a cigarette last night. Everyone just needs a break, a week off. I'm sure you'll mix in like one more pod, but uh, every, let's enjoy the weekend. Enjoy All-Star break. Thank you to everyone who supports whatever I do and obviously what Dane does. Um, and a week from now, what? You got a home game that you just dropped a really winnable game? Cannot drop a game against the Hornets. Like it is a, a, a track is four laps for a mile. We are three laps around the track. They have one more lap. It is a full-out sprint. They have to win as many games as possible over these next 21. Absolutely. Um, and yes, to, to your point, uh, there will be one podcast that uh, that comes out on on the Monday of All-Star break. I'm getting out of town for a little bit uh, and will not be recording any episodes that week. We'll be back after All-Star break again, covering, covering the team kind of in the same rhythm that we have. Pro- honestly, probably even more as the... I don't know. The the stakes are are raised here. Do more extra podcasts um, here and there, but but no new episodes coming out next week. Again, I recorded yesterday uh, on, on that's on Thursday before the game uh, with with Dan Bowling, uh, who who sat down and talked with with Mark Laurie and Dan and I had kind of talked about doing a an episode just on on ownership, just in general the importance of ownership in, in professional sports. But Dan also talked to Mark Laurie. Dan has a business background. And so he can kind of come in as a, somebody who very well knows like the background of where Mark Laurie comes from. And, uh, and yeah, I already recorded it. I I thought it was a, I thought it was a really interesting conversation, if not a very different one than Kyle and I are having, or Britt and I are having. It's, it's just on Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez, the purchase of the team. And in general, uh, what ownership means to a professional sports team and what Dan can glean Mark will meet mean for this team. And, and at times, you know, I, I push back on that and, and we go kind of back and forth of, of what we see the possibilities going forward for this team in terms of ownership, which as we talk about all the time with this team and uh, this franchise, a history of ineptitude, the through line of that ineptitude has been the ownership and, and that is in the process of changing does not guarantee uh, an effectiveness change by no means just changing the ownership changes it. But we talk a lot about changing the status quo of the culture and of the organization. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really interesting. So check that out. That'll, that'll come out on on Monday of all-star break. And then I'll be back uh, with, for a new episode uh, a week after that. Yeah, just like I said, Ant and his presence at at All-Star Weekend will hopefully continue to kind of change the perception of this franchise. Um, You know, last night, running Alex Rodriguez, who is there again for a game like ownership, as we just said, 21 games and this sprint and this roster construction and all these things coming up this year. We're a month away again from like this next payment due. And this ownership thing is, as you said, been the through line for decades of ineptitude and now you have these new guys coming in so i I mean i think the podcast on monday well different than what you do all the time with smart basketball people and then myself uh it's it's a really good listen those sports business nerds are gonna love it um and then like you said we'll get right back into it he's kyle tyge uh obviously you can follow him on twitter at kyle tyge you can listen to him uh over at score north with phil mackey on the score north youtube channel on their their podcast there kyle i mean if there's been 61 games you've done 
close to 61 podcasts uh, this season with me uh, Ed with Phil too so enjoy some some time yourself enjoy the, the wedding this weekend and uh, we'll be back to, to get after it the rest of the way uh, until after all-star break he's Kyle I'm Dane enjoy some time peace out how I'm feeling man I hope it never stop yeah green it all so you can find me in the crowd yeah yeah don't let standards ever ever bring you down yeah hope you dancing like nobody else around Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.